there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. That's the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. No Doug Gottlieb today, but you've got Ryan Hollins, the NBA vet, and you've got me, Dan Byer, sitting in for Doug. Welcome aboard. In about 30 minutes, John Ramos is in the hot seat like he's never been before. I'm going to warn you with that. We are in the midst of an off day of the NBA play-in tournament. Hornets and Spurs had their off-season start last night, while the Hawks and Pelicans 
fight to live another day in their playing games that they will play tomorrow to try to get into the 16-team bracket. Welcome aboard. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. You can find Ryan on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. And, Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on the San Antonio Spurs quickly before we kind of take a look at this whole play-in tournament and what it means for the, for the playoffs. I had a hard time last night feeling any sympathy for the San Antonio Spurs and it's going to be the third straight year that they aren't in the NBA playoffs and I I think part of the reason is because of their great run that they had Uh, some luck uh, some they made their own luck uh, developed guys but I just I did not feel any nostalgia or feel any sadness that it's kind of an end of an era for the San Antonio Spurs I, I just look at that that organization as one that's now kind of sailing off into the wasteland of the NBA because who knows how long Greg Popovich is going to coach. I'm not sure on how much free agents will love to go to San Antonio, but I didn't feel bad at all. How, how do you look at the current state of the San Antonio Spurs and, and, and I guess the big picture form of them considering what they've done over the last 25 years now that their season is over? You feel that way from a, the the common fan standpoint. I had to compete against their their dominance. I had to, <laughs> you, you know, what I'm saying like lose on last second shots, go and get yeah. the beat downs from Tim Duncan. I, I mean, listen, there's no one who who's watched NBA basketball for about two decades is going to feel sorry for San Antonio. And here's the reality, and this this is where you got to give the respect. This is an organization that hasn't stepped in and said we're going to do what we're going to tank. They haven't decided tank. They haven't just thrown it, you know, in. And there's a loyalty to the players that come through that organization. So I think when you look at it and you assess it, you know, has Greg Popovich forget forgotten how to coach? No, he just got a gold medal where everybody was was hating on him and going crazy when they lost exhibition games. Greg Popovich can do what he needs to do. I think they're just going to have to tweak their strategy on how they draft and how they bring players in. And I'll say from Pop and the Spurs, the thing that always wowed them is that – you know, they'd get that, like, that, that you know, 27-year-old, you know, European pick, you know, from, mm-hmm. from Spain or from somewhere, and the guy would be a killer. He would translate to the NBA. So I, I think there's different ways in which San Antonio can be creative, but because they come out to compete – you almost unfortunately end up being in this middle ground of the NBA and you're not that good and you're not that bad. And it's really just the worst is to be lukewarm, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, no, it really does. And, and you had a front row seat to the Houston Rockets as the, the analyst of their TV broadcast this year. I would even argue for as bad of a season record-wise as it was for Houston, there's more promise than maybe what you would have in Houston as opposed to what's happening in San Antonio. And I still don't even feel bad for it. Like, like to your point of having to guard Tim Duncan, you know, and, and defend him and play against him, I made the point earlier where I just feel that the the Spurs had so many rivals because they were good for so long that no one cares about seeing them do any good. And I think that there's a sentiment that people actually want to see the Warriors do well now that KD's not there, now that Klay Thompson has gone through his injuries, and same thing with Draymond and Steph, that there may even be a sentimental aspect of the Golden State Warriors. I just felt none of that with the San Antonio Spurs at all. Yeah, and, and in terms of San Antonio, you know, I mean, I have a little – I'll tell you, I have a little bit of peace because – you know, I played the game of my life to, you know, kind of help the Mavericks advance. And I remember those were those were really good times. But, you know, I think they're going to have to reevaluate their strategy. They're going to have to figure things out. And, you know, having a, the privilege of working with the Rock, Rockets and being the analyst there, 
I'll say I just love the direction because it's tough to see 19-year-olds play uh, play basketball, but as the season progressed, they got better and better, and you started to see the promise, and you saw the talent, and you saw the highlights. I always, you know, um, compare that the young Rockets to the Lob City Clippers, you know, with D Miles and, and and Q Rich and those guys and Maggetti because they were young, they were exciting, they just didn't do a lot of winning. And this is a group that Houston has that you look back and you say, keep them together. You know, Jalen Green yeah. is a bona fide, going to be a bona fide star in the league. Shingoon, you know, KJ Martin, those guys are are, are like that. But the record wasn't there. But it's it's the prettiest place to be, if it makes sense, because you saw competitive games where the young guys can learn and see, okay, this is what I need to do to win in the NBA. And then you have a chance to add one of a, a top draft pick, which gives you, you know, leverage. Hey, do we need this draft pick? Do we trade him up for something? Do we hold on to it? But nonetheless, you have options there if you're the Rockets that San Antonio hasn't been quite abandoned to do. And I'll say the Rockets, it's a championship organization. Like, it, it's tough. Some of the fan base was like, you know, what's up with all these losses? It was frustrating. But when you started to see the bigger picture, it's like, okay, this team is going to be good. Sure. Yeah, and I think you see, like, you can use an example like a Cleveland this year in the downtimes that they had, and now all of a sudden be like, oh, well, okay, well, we had some pieces we got via the draft. We got some pieces that we got via the trade. Maybe there's a veteran here and there. And the next thing you know, the Cavaliers right now, you know, with a, a win on Friday, will lock up a playoff spot. And, like, you can, like, if you're a Rockets fan, Unfortunately, things were, you know, different than they were, you know, five years ago. But right now, at least it gives something to shoot for. And I just don't know if you're a Spurs fan, if if that is there for you. And, and the other aspect of it, Ryan, that stands out to me, it's not that just that Tim Duncan, Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili retired and they fell off a cliff. It's that Kawhi kind of had a falling out with them when when yes. I shouldn't say kind yes. of like there was a falling out. The LaMarcus Aldridge era wasn't always roses. So, like, there there was a time where they did try to reload, and they did have pieces to reload, and they went to a, you know, Western Conference Finals, and Kawhi hurt his ankle, and, and the rest was history there. But it just seems to me of – because there was a point where Memphis was in the wasteland of the NBA, and and, and now they're one of the, the teams that maybe if they're coming to town, you want to go see John Morant. So things could change, but right now it's just – like, I just don't see – I, I think the hill that San Antonio has to climb is much more difficult uh, for them than about 29 other teams in the league, and that means everyone. Well, you, I just think they're in a tough spot. No, you hit it right on the head with Kawhi. You know, Kawhi was supposed to be the successor to the throne. We saw You saw how good he was. He ends up getting a championship in Toronto in one of the greatest NBA Finals runs that we've ever seen compared with Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan. He, it, it was that good. And, then you know, what? obviously he's had success with the Clippers, but not the success you expect. But nonetheless, Kawhi's a guy. Like, you mm-hmm. have to have a guy to go out and win a championship. And, you know, if you have Kawhi Leonard, just he alone changes the dynamic of the Spurs. And I think just – you know, with all due respect, I think my understanding for everything I've heard is just Kawhi didn't want to do things the Spurs way. He didn't want to live in San Antonio in the off seasons and do all the team bonding and, you know, just kind of live and die a spur. He wanted more from himself. It's the new NBA where, hey, for, for Tony and Manu and those guys, that was good enough for them. And I think, you know, there had maybe had been a, you know, a, a lack of communication or expectation that, you know, Kawhi was just going to be like, cool, I'm going to go along with things and I'll be, you know, I'll be a spur for life. But, you know, I, I'm not sure what would have bended, what would have worked if he was just wanting to come home regardless. But, you know, that definitely is the piece see why San Antonio is where they are today. Are you a fan of the play-in tournament? I mean, we're a smack dab in the middle of it. We're in an off day. 
you know, it's two years now in. Are, are you a fan of what we've got in, in playing into the bracket? I am like, I'm like 80% out. And the reason I say 80% no, and I'm sorry, I know you want the hard take. I didn't have a hard take. No, that's that's so, right. So as a former player, no, because if I fight through the playing game, I got to the seven spots, which is, which is you know, okay, it's not great. And I, I have to win one game. The energy as an NBA player that you have to put in that into that one game, you're gassed. And a lot of these teams are going to go on and, and lose in their first-round matchup because all the energy is exhausted. And especially if you're a team that's a little older or a little top-heavy, you know, that's not going to work out because you're going to have to put everything that you have into one game. It's a different type. Um, I'll say – as a as a commentator, it's tough because now when you see these matchups, these seven eight matchups, you know these one eight two sevens, you know who's going to win. But there is a level where, dude, it's it's so March Madness in the NBA. Like it's March yeah. Madness, and right, the fans wanted com- competition, right? So like we're seeing competition, right? One game, winner go home, take all. I also think that while these games haven't been good. I mean, last night's games really weren't that competitive. The Spurs lost by 10, but it wasn't a 10-point game throughout, and the Hawks just destroyed the Hornets. I don't think that the play-in tournament is for the actual games that are being played. I think the play-in tournament was for the end of the regular season, and that's what I like about it, and that's why I I don't care if all of these games are 30-point blowouts because what it has done, it has allowed teams to – figure out what they're going to do for the last month of the season, which used to be overshadowed by March Madness. And it probably still is. I mean, March Madness is just a beast in its own right. But there were games over the last month of the NBA season, Ryan, that I just felt didn't matter. And then when you looked at how the playoffs would shake out, I think that they didn't matter for the top of the conference. I think they didn't matter for the bottom of the conference. And now with the plan, what the plan has done is it made it matter for the middle of the conference. I didn't think teams were really jockeying for position. They're like, if I'm in, we're in, we'll just play whoever. If you were in that seven, eight, nine battle, maybe those are the games that you're caring about. But now I think it made it much more intriguing for the regular season for teams to try to get out to, to get into the top six. And if you're not getting into the top six to try to fight somewhere in that seven, 10 battle, that's where I think that the play-in tournament has actually really helped. It's not with the games that we're seeing this week. It's just more of what it's done to the regular season because it's made those games way more important when previously I think that we just wouldn't care about what's happening in the last month of the regular season. No, you're man, you are absolutely right. And I'll tell you, when I, when I played for the Celtics, um, we had a chance to go out and get the fifth or the sixth seed, but we also targeted the Atlanta Hawks and said, we want them. So we dropped down purposely to the seventh seed, and we end up knocking off the Hawks because they were really good. They had a, a, you know, a great year, but the feeling was they didn't have the experience, okay? We were going to have success against that team, and it's not that we couldn't play anybody else, but hey, you know, you want to avoid the bracket maybe of the heat at the time, so we got on the other side of the bracket, but that was kind of like really the mindset in that, and you're right, it's not good to see – you know, young Ryan Holland starting on center for fresh in, on, on TNT. You know what I'm saying? And the, the team kind of taking the game. No disrespect to myself as a player. I, I, I spent my time. But, you know, those were tactics that were used. And, you know, it, you're right. It avoids a lot of these meaningless games that you get down the stretch. You actually, the Celtics, like as a team, you guys had conversations of like, let's Let's get to the seven. Let's follow where the Hawks were. Absolutely. We, we, we knew what we wanted. We knew what we wanted 
And that was a team that we want to play against. It, 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 when NBA basketball, when it comes to the playoffs, it's all matchups. I don't care if it's a 1-8, it's a 2-7. If you have someone you can't guard on the other team, it's over. So that's why, you know, Kevin Durant is deadly coming from the spot he's at. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo mm-hmm. is, is deadly. You know, those dominant players. Or LeBron used to look at the Toronto as the number one seed and be like, man, I'm, I'm going to walk these dudes, you know, because there was nobody on the roster to guard them. And it, it's all playoff base, or excuse me, matchup based. And, you know, that's why you can target a team that you had success against. I think that there's – I would add one more change, and I think that the NBA should consider this because I think that the play-in tournament has brought value again to the middle of the NBA. We'll just put it that way. I think that, to your point of, of teams tanking, trying to jockey for position, I think they should add incentive to the to the top of the bracket. I, I think that the NBA playoffs should, should include a first-round bye for the top seeds. Like I think that Miami and Phoenix shouldn't have to play first round games. Yeah, or, I think in the first round, you, you, because well, th- those teams didn't like Phoenix had it wrapped up. They they didn't necessarily care, but the whole what happened in the East with the teams trying to avoid Brooklyn, there wasn't an incentive to get to number one to like to take over for Miami. There was more of an incentive to try to stay at three or four if you could, and if you were to give a team a buy in the first round of the playoffs and move them on, which, by the way, would also be better for your product, knowing that your top team in each conference is definitely going to make it to the conference semifinals. That would be a change that if I'm the NBA that I'm looking at doing, kind of like the NFL does now by giving the top two seeds in each conference. I'll I'll, I'll throw this out because here's the thing. If you land in the seventh and eighth seed, I think it's – or at least the seventh seed, I don't feel like you should be competing in the playing tournament and the thing that I kind of like, and it, it naturally happened, remember when, was it Minnesota? And uh, Minnesota ended up winning, but I forget, they played somebody. Was it Houston? I don't think it was Houston. But they had like a March Madness-like feel that I think sparked this, and the teams had a tie record, and they played, and Jimmy, it was Jimmy Butler was in Minnesota at the time, and they had to play one game. Uh, to pretty much get in, uh, maybe it was yeah. the Pelicans. I think, but yeah, yeah, I remember because they had to play the Rockets in the first round. Yes. so it wasn't the Rockets, but yeah, they had to face the Rockets in the first round. The I playoffs. would like yep. to see maybe one playing game. You know, now as a former player, any way to spice up the game or bring more money, more games in, we're with that. But I think that one playing game, maybe you know the eight nine seed, I, I think ends up being money. But and I also look at this rule for the playing seed. I always felt like you know who this rule was for, and it didn't end up working out that first year that it happened. I don't know if you agree with this. I always felt like it was a Zion Williamson rule, and it was a way to get Zion into the playoffs and get more games for him to be seen and John Morant. Now, what ended up happening, it was you had Steph Curry and LeBron in the plan, and now you don't even have LeBron <laughs> in the playoffs. So, like, it's still very intriguing. And then, you know, the Pelicans are playing. Obviously, yes. they got CJ, but there's still no Zion. So, hopefully, he gets back. But it's just, I think that was the goal. Yeah, it was. To see those I think great, you're right. The young, yes. yeah, the middle class stars that are like, hey, see him in a primetime game. That is no. I think that you are spot on because those teams that were making those picks with those young stars were at the bottom of the NBA. You could only expect them to move up so much, especially in what was a such a difficult Western Conference. You know, to have that conference be so difficult to try to navigate. Oh, let's lower the bar a little bit, and now we can maybe get some of those young stars. Yeah, I think you are spot on with that. He's Ryan Hollins, the ten-year NBA vet. You don't have to apologize for anything for your career when you stay a decade in the league. Uh, enough said there. 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Toyo tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat a slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two-liter. If you have, then you're going to love pick six. The new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app. Then, pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use the code DUG. New customers can play 5 bucks and get 50 in pick six credits. That's code Doug only on DraftKings. Pick six. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in pick six credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for pick six use only expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick slash promos. 
No Doug Gottlieb today, but you've got me, Dan Beyer, and the 10-year NBA vet, Ryan Holland, sitting in for Doug, getting you set for a weekend of NBA playoff action with some of the matchups not even set because we have the final two playing games coming up tomorrow. One thing that is set, though, that's the Boston Celtics and Brooklyn Nets will face off in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Boston the two seed, Nets getting the seventh seed with their win over Cleveland in that 7-8 play-in game a couple of days ago. Ryan, it is by far the going to be the most watched first-round series, but now there's even more intrigue. And for those that may have missed it or didn't hear what Monsi said at the news desk just a few minutes ago, there is a report, ESPN, saying that Ben Simmons could make his Nets debut at some point in this Boston series possibly the week of April 25th. That would be around a game four time. If you're Steve Nash in the Brooklyn Nets, is it a good idea to have Ben Simmons make his debut with the team during the NBA playoffs? At this point, you have to. You know, this season has been less than ideal for, we just talked about James Harden and Ben Simmons, but you have to get him on the floor. And I I guess one of the gifts for Ben Simmons in this situation is he's so physically gifted If he gets on the floor and he's healthy, he's going to be a good defender. He's athletic. He's strong. He can get downhill. And you're not, you know, begging for an amazing skill set. But that's really what the Nets need. And a guy pretty much to set up KD and Kyrie. And, you know, if you're Ben Simmons, he's, he's just saying, man, somebody believe in me. You know, you know, I don't want any extra. You know, maybe Philly had too much pressure. I don't want to speak for Ben, but hey, a fresh start is always good. And I know when I've been traded or gone to new teams, you know, in season, there's a level of hey, they needed me. They don't have anything like me. And when you're looking at the Nets, they don't have the youth that he brings. They don't have that defender off the ball. They don't have the versatility. And he could be their starting center in certain lineups. So I think seeing him ease back in is going to be very important, and possibly even seeing him against you know second second stringers, maybe not the first stringers yet, and and just see where he goes from there. But this is a huge piece that could really change the dynamic of the Eastern Conference, honestly, because Ben Simmons is an all-NBA defender. I, I, I am admittedly a glass-half-empty sort of stuff when it comes to these things. And Ryan, I am on record on this network for about four or five years for not being a believer in Ben Simmons. Just never... Never bought it, never believed it. Um, I understand the the, I guess the freak nature of you know of having a guard be six ten and, uh, but I, I just I never, never bought into it, and so with all of that combined, I just don't think it's a good idea. I I I, I think the Nets are having enough trouble figuring out how they're still incorporating some of the guys from the from the Harden trade that that are not named Ben Simmons. And we talk about the problems we just did a little while ago that the 76ers are having in trying to get James Harden and acclimated and trying to work that trade out in two months. I just don't know how the Nets could think it's a good idea for a guy that has had so many problems, whether it be with injury or even with his mental well-being, to put him in a spot that isn't a 100% spot to succeed because I think that there is the doubt that it may not work and if you put Ben Simmons in if you put him in in a game four scenario and you're up two one in the series and you lose game four you know where do some of the fingers go pointed to you know they start going towards Ben Simmons or you're down one two and you want to put Ben Simmons in and I, I just I don't think it's a great spot for him and they may need him 
They they may need his presence out there. And I think your point about, about him playing the five is very intriguing. But I just don't – I don't see the gain because I don't know how it can work out so well, especially for a guy that is still trying to ramp up and get used to everything. I just – if I'm Brooklyn, I'm just, you know, wiping my hands clean and saying – We'll get this set next season. I don't see a lot of the payoff for Ben Simmons to play at all, not only in this Boston series, but even if they were to advance at any point in these playoffs. Well, here's the big difference. He may be the better fit than James Harden, who when he first got to the Nets had to kind of adjust his game, be more of the point guard, facilitator. That's really what Ben wants to do. And we know KD and Kyrie want to shoot the basketball. And you're not asking the same load of Ben Simmons. So Philly was like, you got to – shoot the basketball. You got to make free throws. You, we need a, a certain level of production from you or else the team is going to fail. And the Nets are not asking that. He can just play a role. And in a sense, the, the paint is going to be wide open and you don't have the same needs. You don't have the same ask of Ben Simmons. So, and we've, I've always said this. I said this for a long time ago that Ben and Joel just needed to break up. But I never, ever imagined that it would happen in this fashion. I think they held on to Ben a season or two too long because their best attributes were paint production. And you had two guys who, who dominated paint, so one of them was going to suffer. And it clearly ended up being Ben Simmons. But now you have a situation where you got wings, you got a spread floor, and Ben Simmons can get downhill. I think these questions were always, what would he look like in these scenarios? And I think you get a chance to see it. But I, I just say, you're, you're asking Ben sure. to play a comfortable role, right? That That's the part that I struggle with, honestly, because I think that there's a difference to playing third fiddle and then going in and rebounding and playing defense. Like I, 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 you know, there's, it's, it's one thing to be the compliment to the compliment. If you want to be the third option, but I just, I don't think that that's Ben Simmons. And to your point of him going in there, wanting to, you know, rebound and play defense. That's a much different role than just being the third option. And that's the part that I would, you know, then struggle with as well, where if Ben Simmons is going to play, you're going to try to make him a part of your big three. And if you're going to try to make him play, that's just not realistic in these playoffs. Like, I think that there's a difference of than having him go in there and rebound and play D as opposed to being like, all right, now you're the guy that's got to score 15 a night. And I think that that's, that's the rub that I can't get past. Like, I don't – I think that Ben Simmons would – has no problem being the number three of the big three – but if you want him to go in and just rebound and play defense, I don't know how well that works. I think it's comfortable for him. You know, really? I, I don't think Ben will. And it's and in certain games in the playoffs, the criticism is that he disappears. But it's like Ben just does his job. I don't. I don't think he has a real yearning to do more. I think he just has the talent, and I, I don't think we can tell like hold a player to a standard just because the talent state. If that's not his drive, if that's not what he wants, you know, he doesn't have to do it. You think about John, like John wants to be good. Like John's pushing to be one of the next faces of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, LaBella Ball has that, you know, I'm that guy. Give me the ball. And Ben is like, dude, I'm just going to do my job. I'm talented. I like basketball. And I, I don't have to be that guy. I, I don't think he's ever demanded to be that guy. He's got a passive kind of chill personality. And I think, you know, he's in a situation with two alphas. And that, I, I, I just firmly believe 
believe it's going to be a better fit down the run, down the stretch, because he's going to be himself. But I, I hear you, Dan. It's like, is he going to be healthy? You know, that's a question, too. But I assume healthy enough, and you work him in, and he, he's young, and once his body kind of gets bas- back in basketball form, he should be ready to go. I just I think that there's more damage that can be done by playing than than not. Like, like, do we think that the Nets are an NBA championship contending team? I think anybody would say a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is a contender. I think that, that you're in the equation. And even if they don't get past Boston in the first round, which is a very, very tall task for them to do, to all of a sudden turn on this switch, you know, when the games matter the most, I, I think that's a, that's a tough ask, but that's what Brooklyn's going to have to do. Now you put in Ben Simmons, who took time off, uh, for mental reasons, for mental health reasons as well. And to now put him in a situation where he could be put as the scapegoat. He could be put as the guy who's who's the reason maybe they didn't make it past Boston. I just think that there's more damage that can be done, especially in this Boston series. Like, I, I, I don't want to put the Raptors in a bad, you know, in a bad spot, Ryan, but if the Nets were playing the Raptors, I think it's a little different story, but this is the marquee series in the first round. This is this is the one that everybody is watching, and everybody's going to be watching every minute of it, so every little thing is under the microscope, and you put Ben Simmons under there, and there are certain things that go wrong. I just think that there's there's more damage that can be, you know, that can happen than, than maybe good, and if you just held off and just said, all right, this is the group we're going with, the group that we've had for the last two months, that are still, by the way, trying to get accustomed to playing with each other because of the the trade being so late, I, I just think that that's the more prudent play. I, I, I really do. And, I, and I'm again, it's not me being a Ben Simmons hater and thinking he can't do it. I just think that there's more to risk than, than just uh, trying to win a couple of games in the playoffs that maybe you wouldn't be able to. Here's the thing. We have to look at this. Playing in Philadelphia – versus playing uh, w- with the Nets in Brooklyn, completely different type of environment. I-, I tell you, as a former professional athlete, if I had a city turn on me, that is tough. And I, I- if you're Ben, it-, it just wasn't a good fit. I mean, from a mental aspect, that can wear on you. And I think, you know, it isn't said enough or respected enough that as a pro athlete, you go through depression. You go through a lot, man. When your whole life is dependent on – was dependent on, hey, you know, who who are you or who you're going to be, you know, you pretty much go out and you value yourself there, especially at a young age. You don't, and when things don't go well, you know, you question your your value as a human being. And it's, it's just a scary place to be in and everybody can't last in that. So I just think Ben is in a more positive place. I think it's a question of health, but I, we cannot deter just like Philly ain't for everybody, man. Like it, sure. that's, that's, that city will eat you up as an athlete. I'm more worried about his, the, the, the mental health. And I, and I think that I, I don't want to question anyone's mental health. And I sometimes feel that we go down that road um, in this platform and it's not fair. I do think that in Ben Simmons case, there were some unique circumstances and had some people scratching their heads on being like, all right, is it a mental health issue or is it you just don't want to play in Philly again? And I think that those questions were legitimate questions. I'm not concerned about Ben Simmons body in terms of health wise, physically, I think that him playing in this series and not turning out could be more damage mentally 
that that mental block, that reason why he passed up the dunk, and you know, uh, when he was a member of the 76ers in the playoffs. Like those are the those are the things that I'd be worried about with the dominoes if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, if I'm playing Ben Simmons too early or playing him when he's not necessarily ready in these certain circumstances. That's just my concern. There's not too many Ben Simmons that can come off your bench, man. There's not too many Ben Simmons that can, you know, guard all five positions, you know. And like I said, I'm I'm optimistic that he'd be healthy. But, hey, you work him in. Let's say he plays five minutes in a game, right? Five five minutes, ten minutes. He's not the Ben you expected, but you you work him in and you see what you got. Because if you're you're Brooklyn – this is a team, like, they're in the locker room, and I've been in these situations, no matter what seed you're in, you have the talent, they're like, we can win a championship. <laughs> like, their mindset is a yeah. championship. They're like, Ben, we'll work you in early. Don't worry. We're going we're to take care of who we're playing, all right? We're, we're going to take care of the guys on the other side, and, you know, we get out of this. You, 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 we're going to allow you the time to get healthy, to be yourself. But is it worth experimenting five minutes yes. for the sake of a – Maybe messing up a playoff run? Yes, that is absolutely. And I don't think it does not mess up. I don't agree that it messes up a playoff run. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that because the expert you're not saying Ben Simmons go out and get me, you know, the triple double or, or Ben Simmons go mm-hmm. get me thirty. You, you know what I'm saying? You're not asking for that. And right now it's a real depleted roster with the Nets. You know, they they're scrambling yeah. for guys. Yeah, they're they... playing they're playing really young guys and you know, Ben is still a young guy, but he's he's got more experience than you know part of that roster. Perfect. I, I, I'm glad you said that. If things were fine in Brooklyn, would you do it? Like, with, like if it wasn't out of necessity, which this may be, would you still play him if it was an added luxury to do it, just to try to get his feet wet? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like I, I, I said, there's that. He's a as a talent. He's a top 10 talent in the league. Now, he may not be putting things together, may be injured, and we can point to a number in different areas, but like his talent level is, is off. The, like, if you've seen Ben is Simmons it, up close. He can't shoot. You if know? you see like, Ben Simmons up close and personal, he has the physical comparisons of LeBron and Magic Johnson. Now, is he living to that? No, don't take that out of context, but – at a worst-case scenario, you try those guys out. Those freak of natures get more opportunities. And I mean, like, dude, he's all of, like, 6'10". Like, this is a big man, you know, that yeah. can move, that can defend, that can do a lot of stuff. I I just am not a believer. I, I, I don't know. I, I just – I need to see it. And, 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 again, as the guy who's not the believer, I think that more harm could be done. Uh, we shall see. Again, the window – Games four to game six that you could see a Ben Simmons debut in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporting handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose some full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Doug Gottlieb Show at Fox Sports Radio. He's the 10-year NBA vet, Ryan Hollins. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today. John Ramos will be in the hot seat in about uh, seven minutes or so, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. The Lakers head coaching job, uh, that seat is always hot, Ryan. And once again, even though it's open, it's still a hot seat. Doc Rivers, head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, trying to get ready for their series with the Raptors, has had his name thrown into the conversation as a possible replacement for the fired Frank Vogel. But Doc says, uh, yeah, thanks, but no thanks for the Lakers job. I'm going to read to you, Ryan, what Doc Rivers said to reporters, and I'm curious on your thoughts about what Doc's point of view is and where the Lakers go 
after this. But this is what Doc Rivers had to say. No, I am not a candidate. I have a job, and I'm very happy with my job. I thought the Frank Vogel thing was so unfair. I mean, we work just like how you guys work. How would you like your job to be mentioned every day? I mean, even if it's someone wanting to have it, it's just not right, and I hate it. Doc went on to say, quote, I think it's disrespectful to all the other coaches. If I could say something about my job, I would say this, that I don't like that has changed. I think the rumors of coaches taking jobs and coaches getting fired, I just think for my profession, it makes our job so much harder. I think it's so unfair. End quote. That from Doc Rivers. Hey, is he right? Hey, l- listen, the the toughest job in sports is NBA head coach because it's it's a player's league. And Doc is in a position where he's like, yeah, I would love to be the Lakers head coach, but I'm going to take job security over everything else. And you have to understand that part. And, you know, when you go into a city, you you commit, you got, you know, the potential MVP of the league and Joel Embiid, he's like, I'm willing to stick this out. I think I can definitely make this this work. He has a guy that has James Harden. It may not be the James Harden you know of the past, but he's got James Harden. And L.A., there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work and there's a lot of personalities. And like I just said, it's a player's league. You know, would Doc be able to, to be the Doc Rivers that, you know, he he needs to be? Would he command the respect that he has in Philadelphia? And, you know, he's been welcomed in Philadelphia, so I understand Doc not wanting to leave. I don't think it's a knock on the Lakers' job. It's just a unique position. And like I said, think back to Ty Lue turning it down and saying, you know what, I was offered it, but I didn't like the stipulations. Sure. And this is what Ty Lue saw is that if things went, you know, awry, he would be blamed. And I know Vogel understood this, but – the wrench came in the plans when they won a championship. You know, he he seemed to be certified. I I think like not all thirty jobs are the same, and we know that. And I think what I think what Doc is talking about is about five jobs in the NBA. And honestly, I think he's talking about his current job as well. Like like if you're the head coach with the Lakers, if you're the head coach in Boston, if you're the head coach in Philadelphia, there are different expectations that come with those positions. It just are. And I think that's I think Doc is also in a way trying to stand up for himself because at some point, and it may have already even happened this year, because we have already heard rumblings that, well, maybe Doc and the Sixers aren't as great of a fit as we thought. But it's just it it comes with those with that territory. Now I'm not saying a coach is going to go, you know, say to Indiana and coach for seven straight years and not make the playoffs for seven years and still be there. That's not going to happen. But I just think that to to his point, those jobs are different animals, and I think that's what gets Doc. You know that may may get under Doc's skin because honestly, he's coached in he coached in Boston. Now he's coaching in Philadelphia. He could be coaching. Those jobs are all different. I think that's who he's calling out. So it's not only calling out the Lakers and their profession, but it's also calling out those that may be calling for his job because I think his market is different than say twenty to twenty five others. Remember this: there were chants in Boston if you can remember back. Fire, Doc, fire, Doc. The big three come in and, you know, Doc, yeah. I don't want to say he walks on water. I'm not going to call him Red Arbach, but he did his job. You know, he got got the team to, you know, to a championship. So, you know, I, I definitely understand that. But just imagine being in a city, seeing the same fans, fire, Doc, and those chants were going. And then, you know, just that later, you're, you're a hero. So, you know, you almost become desensitized to situations and you understand, hey, man, I got I to gotta take care of myself. You know, like I said, coaches are people too and unfortunately you know they get thrown on the bus they get in tough situations 
and, and, and I I played for Doc. I played for Doc in two places. You know, does does he does he relate well to stars? Is because that kind of seems to be supposed to be his strength if he's taking. You know these high-profile jobs. He does. He absolutely relates to stars. You know, he had a way of relating with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and, and Rondo and those guys and making things make sense. That's why you know there's an affinity towards towards Doc. Obviously, I don't think I just think the roster maybe wasn't perfect with the Clippers. I don't want to recount why we couldn't get you know to a championship. But everybody liked Doc. He could draw plays, but it's just things didn't work on that team. But nonetheless, he can do it. And I think that's why his name is brought up because he cuz he does. Come man respect but is his respect enough to get the Lakers a championship and I don't think it's a knock to that roster but let's say he needs time and they go through a rough patch in that rough patch you know LA is likely not going to be patient enough with Doc to let him get to where he's going so you have to understand that and he's like you know what like I'm not going to mess up a good thing I've been on the other side and I don't want to be you know scrutinized I like how Doc is just coaching teams that are rivals of, of each other. You know, like the Celtics and 76ers, you know, for a long time had a rivalry. Uh, we bring in the Clippers, you know, if, if he were to go to L.A., which now he's saying he's not going to, but could you imagine your coaching career being the Lakers, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Clippers? All those teams hate each other, and Doc has had a hand in all of them. Uh, absolutely crazy. He's Ryan Hollins. Get him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. John Ramos is buckling up. He's in the hot seat. But first, Monty Bolaños is here to give us the latest of what's going on on this Thursday. Hello, yeah. Monty. Guys, I don't know who takes that Lakers head coaching job. I just don't know how anyone steps foot in that yeah. position. I who, mean, I'll Ryan, take it. I'll do it. it. Yeah, Monty will I'll take it. I'll do it, but I have Ryan, nothing to lose. You could boo Ryan, me off the court. Who do you think gets it, Ryan? Who do you think ends up being the coach? Depends what they're willing to pay. Uh, like if you're going to get a big name coach, you got to be able to get out big name money and job security. You know, the more money is not even about the money. It's that we're going to hesitate before we fire you. And Vogel was on a very fire friendly deal, not to put it like that. And, yeah. You know, that just the commitment yes. wasn't there. So Doc is like, would you guys even be willing to commit? They, they could have had Ty Lue. And Ty Lue is, a, is a, a, a stud of a coach. We see what he's able to do. So uh, I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'll throw out a name. Mark Jackson. I think Mark Jackson might be the guy. Things might fall through. Mark has had a lot of success, and you know I, I don't think you can question him as a coach. Yeah, and LeBron already said that he would be enthused if Mark Jackson landed the job. So you might be onto something, Ryan. You might be onto something. Thanks, Monty. Don't go far because you will help serve John Ramos here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Ryan Hollins. Jason Stewart, the executive producer of the show as well. John Ramos, are you buckled in? Always ready, Dan. You know that. All right, let's strike up the band. Earlier this week on the Doug Gottlieb Show, there was some controversy when I told the guys what my favorite Madonna song was, and then they told me that it wasn't a song. And then I said, no, it was. And they kept on trying to tell me that it wasn't. And in the end, I was right. I was correct. They were wrong. So, Ryan, that's why we have a Madonna theme today. John's in the hot seat. Uh, You, me, Jason Stewart, and Monsi. We'll be giving John various names. He has to tell us if they once dated Madonna or not. It's a game that we call Love Em or Leave Em Madonna Edition. All right. Are, are you guys ready? You guys have your list of names in front of you? Yep. All right. Ryan, you got your list? Yes, sir. All right. Jason, you're good to go. Let's do it. John, 
We're going to give you 12 names. We're going to go around. Okay. You just have to say love them if you thought that Madonna dated uh, this person or leave them if you think that she didn't. Is that simple enough? It is. And we have 26 minutes of Vogue <laughs> instrumental for us to oh get gosh. it done. The yeah. extended, extended, yeah. extended remix. Yep. All right. Let's start it out. What about Alex Rodriguez? Mm. We'll start out with A-Rod. Has Madonna been linked to Alex Rodriguez? Do I say love? What was it? Love it again? Love him. Love, love him <laughs> is that she has right. been. Leave him is that okay. she has not. I would say love him. That is correct. Right. Yes. Linked as a possible boyfriend of Madonna. John Ramos is one for one. Ryan Hollins, your name is next. So I pick any list and say love them. <laughs> any any, any of the name. names. Dennis Rodman. The names. Dennis Rodman. Mm. Dennis Rodman. He's linked with many, many of people. I would say love them. <laughs> that is correct. John Ramos is two for two. They had quite the affair that yes. was even uh, talked about in the last dance. Jason Stewart. John, uh, famous director and writer, filmmaker, Guy Smiley. Guy Smiley. Guy Smiley. <laughs> I know she is married to a guy. I don't think it was Guy Smiley, so I would say leave him. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. It is not Guy Smiley. Guy Smiley was Sesame Street, right? That was, <laughs> yes, it was. That he, was the... he was a news anchor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow, John, you know Madonna's love life. You are three for three over to Monty at the news desk. All right. We all know that. Being funny is important. So, what about comedian Jerry Seinfeld? Mm. Ah, he's been with many. I would say I'll leave him. That is correct. Four <laughs> for four. Four for four. What's the deal with these handcuffs? <laughs> Why are they on my feet? All right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, my gosh. All right. He's four for four. John's really good at this game, Ryan. He knows Madonna's love like life like no other. What about Andy Reid? Is that the coach of the, of the Chiefs, Andy Reid? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. my God. I... Uh, I would say leave him. That is correct. Okay. Woo. As awesome as that would have been, <laughs> that, that was, and, uh, Madonna's in the box at today's Chiefs game. Uh, Andy <laughs> Reid, uh, she has not been linked to the Chiefs okay. head coach. All right, Ryan. All right. I'm going to throw a, a curveball. Let's see if you're ready. Vanilla Ice. Ooh. Ice, baby. Doom, 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 wow, doom, he was doom. big in the 90s, right? And so was she. But I'm going to say leave him. That is incorrect, oh, John Ramos. Oh. The perfect game is over. Oh, they Dave took Robert me out should have the seventh. You after, yeah, <laughs> should have pulled you after the last question. No, they oh. did date. Yeah, they had quite the quite the thing in the 1990s. Uh, Vanilla Ice and uh, and Madonna. So five of six for John Ramos. All right, Jason Stewart. Just a, a point of clarification. It was Madonna who um, who hung who shug night. Hung over the balcony, right? No. By the ankles? Was it Madonna? <laughs> no. Or that or was Vanilla Ice. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he, by the way, he broke up with her because of uh, that book that she put out. Oh, yes. Very sensual. I remember that. Yeah. Um, Called him a great lover. Have we done JFK Jr.? 
No. 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 JFK Jr., John. <laughs> wow. You know, he was a uh, a man that was with many, <laughs> I think. I would say yes. I'd say he, he loved, she loved him. That is correct. Okay. Yes. They had been linked. Six-month fling. Wow. According to SheKnows.com. By the way, <laughs> by the way, when I when I searched when I searched Madonna's yeah. uh, like ex boyfriends, they gave me a top twenty one of the uh, of the boyfriends. So it is a wide range that we've got. <laughs> JFK Jr. was mm. in the love them list. Over to Monty Bolaños. John, you are so far six for seven. Mm. All right. What about uh, Tupac? Ooh. The great Tupac. Yeah. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say love him. That is correct. All right. Yes. They were introduced in 1993 by Rosie Perez. Mm. Yes. And uh, there was an apology letter that that was written by Tupac that uh, talked about their breakup. So uh, seven of eight for, uh, for John Ramos. John, what about Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson and Madonna. Hmm. They ever date? This is maybe a trick question, but I'm going to say leave them. Well, they did date uh, when they went to the 1991 Oscars. Oh, wow. Yes. And Madonna would not kiss and tell (laughs) when asked on what happened after the Oscars. Mm. She would not say, so technically for this game, it is a love them. All right, John Ramos, three more to go. Ryan, Jason, and then Monsi. Two wrong so far. What do you got, Ryan? David Blaine. Ooh. Is was is he the magician? <laughs> yes. Okay. I say that she disappeared and she would be leave him. That is incorrect. Oh. They did have a fling. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It said he made her top disappear. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I did not say that. But they did apparently have a thing. All right, John. Two more. Two more uh, two more to go. You are 8 for 10 right now. Not bad. All right, Jason. This is, I, I have a feeling this is going to be maybe the toughest one. Um, Dan Quayle. Oh, former vice president Dan yes, Quayle? Dan Quayle, yep. Oh, the JFK Jr. connection? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's, I, I think that's a leave them. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Darn it. That, that, that would have been quite the couple. That would have been, yeah. That, that Vice President Dan Quayle and Madonna, not an item. All right, Monty, to wrap this one up, John, um, you could break double digits. Yep. All in right. his quest of who Madonna dated. Well, we know she liked athletes. So what about the Bash brother, Jose Conseco? Ooh. I feel, I feel a Jose Conseco Madonna twist, so I'm going to say love him. <laughs> That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We remember that one. Yes. All of us remember that one. John, for bonus points, what yes. about Canseco's teammate, Carney Lansford? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not Mark McGuire, but Carney Lansford? Carney Lansford. I would say leave him. They were called Cardano uh, when they went out. No. All right. 10 of 12. Good job, John Ramos. Thank you. You know Madonna's love life. Yes. I, I feel compelled, Dan, to tell the listeners that song that you mentioned as your favorite Madonna song was a song called Bad Girl. 
and none of us, Doug, John, none of us knew that she did a, a song named Bad Girl, but it's your favorite song. Yes. So not I, only that, you guys are trying to convince me that it wasn't <laughs> called Bad Girl, and that, that was Donna Summer, and then I kept on telling you no, no, and that's what led us, Ryan, that's what led us to this Madonna topic today to find out who her real lovers were. Oh, my were. gosh. Ryan's like, yes. what did I sign up for today? Jeez, what the heck <laughs> Ryan's like, it? I should have stayed in traffic for another hour. No, no, you know, honestly, I, I live for the games. I, I, I do. Like, I, I live for the games, guys. Oh, man. Next next time, Ryan's going to be in the hot seat. Maybe he and John Ramos go head-to-head when it comes to Madonna's lovers. Because, by the way, we have a, we, we have a bunch of uh, other names that we didn't get to during that game. So there's a lot out there. Get Ryan on Twitter at TheRyanHollins. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.